Hello, welcome to Uva Ball Raw USA. I'm Gary Otto. We got Dr. Uva Ball with us. How you doing, my friend? Good. I'm uh, tired because I went yesterday. Walter has uh, holidays and we went to Rulantica. That is uh, the Euro- Europa Park in Europe is bigger as Disney World in Europe. And the Europa Park is like roller coasters, all kinds of stuff. And they have a water world named Rulantica. What is big enough to have 5,000 people at the same time inside? And they have like 150 different slides. I've seen some of the rides for Rulantica online. They have some pretty crazy looking rides, honestly. Yeah, they have the drop, they have a half pipe where you actually sink, you flip over. And uh, <clears throat> my favorite. I mean, the problem is, is let's say the problem is this, a lot of waiting time on a lot of very high-end slides, and that is pissing you off when you're like in your swimsuit standing up. It's different as to be outside waiting for a roller coaster in a way, uh, because you're like, you know, standing in the middle of people, they are all like wet. <laughs> so, and uh, no, yeah. but they have some rights, they... Um, like a Nordic ride, what is amazing is um, you basically slide in and it's like a very slow kind of river you float through from the inside to the outside, back in the inside. And uh, sometimes it gets fast, sometimes it gets slow. And that is a good one because it's it takes longer. You know, they have a lazy river too. You drive through like a cave, a pirate ship where you're in a wheel, like a blow up wheel and you just hang out there and relax a little so these rides are my favorites because they are not like waiting for 40 minutes and then eight seconds of ride and they don't have like a fast pass or something like that no they don't do that what is uh, in a way shitty because the question is only i went in spain and teneriffa is also like the sabo sado whatever uh, uh, park and there you had like everybody bought the fast pass you know if everybody has it <laughs> then you have no act i mean you still wait for half an hour and that is the thing it's like let's say the fast pass is only 20 bucks more for a day everybody buys it if it's like 150 bucks more for a day that is an asset but then it's also 150 bucks per person and you think twice before buying it Oh, yeah. Here in, yeah. at Universal, right by where I live, at yeah. Halloween Horror, the tickets for the actual admission are like 70 bucks. But then if you don't buy the Fast Pass, you're waiting in line for like an hour, an hour and a half. And the Fast Pass per person is about $200. It's fucking ridiculous. But then you're actually moving fast, right? So that is the advantage. And I think in the, in the Rulantica, in the water slide park, they, it's also tough to do this because it's like you know the stairs up it's different to outdoor where outdoor in europa park you can buy a fast pass and you're faster in the outdoor rides but inside like a swimming area it's very tough to control this and it will be ending up in massive fist fights because <laughs> it's like yeah because think about it like how can you control it right you you have your you have that rubber watch on what is your access to the snacks and whatever, everything you have to buy additional. They have a 3D um, 
VR uh, uh, diving thing, for example, that costs six bucks extra, where you're in a tank with glasses on, and then you uh, basically get oxygen, oxygen, you breathe through a real oxygen tank, and then uh, like sharks f f swimming around you. I never did it because I'm totally not interested in it, and for the kids are too small. But, no, but it was good, but it was also hard because we went two days ago, we drove there, uh, and then we slept and in the morning we went in and yesterday we basically stayed the whole day and in the evening I drove back and I mean there, there was water in the body of him and they were both like completely passed out in the car and I was really tired driving back too because a day in a swimming pool is different as a day in a park. It's uh, the, the air is heated up, you know, that you are not freezing there and stuff. It's brutal. Now, but we have other problems on the on the planet i think yeah back to reality yeah so let's let's go first with the the sack um okay. now was also george clooney and co they all went to the sack i think internally uh the situation gets very nasty now and i think that a lot of actors are just tired of the strike they want to do their passion projects they want to do their films like the bigger actors now i think pressuring the union to come to terms. Yeah, so it's my Well, you know, a lot of the uh, people like Drew Barrymore, who wanted to bring her show back early before the SAG strikes, are now seeking, they're now getting reprisal. They're now getting a, a backlash because of what they chose to do. Like, she was supposed to host uh, some book awards ceremony. They took her off. They replaced her with LeVar Burton. So they're trying to punish, they're trying to cancel Drew Barrymore, and they'll probably try and cancel Bill Maher, I'm going to guess. No, but Bill Maher waited till the writers were alone. Oh, did he wait? Yeah, yeah, did he, she come back? I think, back. I don't know. Okay. No, he's back, and I love him, and uh, he did already some, some great shows, and uh, I totally uh, support his, let's say, uh, the only, when you see all the Kimmel and all that people, right, Colbert or whatever, they're all completely super vogue, all of them. They're yeah. just like supporting everything what is progressive, everything what is like uh, against any form of conservative thinking. Because they want to be hip, they want to be cool. They're like SNL, right? So they want to be like this kind of like whatever we do have to be super progressive. And uh, I think Bill Mayer is in a way the, 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 the common sense uh, person in this group. Yeah. He things up also. He interviews conservative people. He has on his podium conservative people. He's not shy to invite whatever from Elon Musk to uh, um, uh, Republican uh, senators and stuff like this. He's not shy to even talk to them. And that, that is what they all do. They only have guests supporting their agenda. You know, and uh, I, I have the same problem here in Germany with a lot of talk shows. I, I just cannot watch them anymore because they're all repeating. They have always like that eight guests. They're all repeating the same shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that is the thing. What is pissing me off? It's it's like this kind of unacceptable uh, support uh, of of the same 
argumentative like talks, you know. Yeah, you're not going to get any interesting conversations no, by just no. yeah. Right. And it's it's the same. Like for, take take the strike as the before we go to Israel and stuff like this. I think we if we if we talk about the strike, yes, the strike, as I said from the beginning on, was justified. And okay, but any other strike from the railway union, the Teamster Union, Amazon workers, or whatever would be solved four months ago because they cannot afford to have something on a standstill for four or five or six months as we're doing it here right now. And I think the, 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 the film guilds in a way, the media guilds like the SAG and the writers guild and everybody, they had this kind of like, um, we're fighting for the small guy. We are against the capitalistic studios, whatever, right? But I mean, as long as it gets dragged out, as bitter the, the taste gets to this strike. Because who can survive five, six, seven months without any income? And already now, everybody told me from Vancouver, all the producers, whatever, say, even if they settle it next week, there will be no shooting before January. Yeah. You know, because it's just like not worth it anymore to start a big prep uh, and then shut down for three weeks over Christmas time, have all the travel costs, all the office costs, you know, like stuff like this. They don't want to have the cost. So they are not jumping back into production. And um, it will be a very slow start if they settle next week. It will be a very slow start of the film industry restarting. If they would settle four, five, six weeks ago, there would be tons of shit would get shot right away till the end of the year, right away. Because there were a lot of films, Deadpool, whatever, they were interrupted. And they would jump back and would film this, the, 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 the scenes were not shot or whatever. They, they would do this. But... Uh, I have to say, um, now with the delays and delays and delays, there there is almost no chance that this year is not like eight months, seven, eight months without film production. And um, I think they're shooting themselves in the leg with it, that it's like too long and a lot of whatever caterers, craft service uh, drivers, uh, you know, uh, there, there are just so many positions on films. They were not part of the strike, but because the actors were striking, nothing gets shot. So yeah, and they're not getting paid either. Yeah. No, exactly, and they're getting no. They don't have representation. They don't have like really a word here or whatever. And um, I mean, it's really like I I feel very bad for all of the crew people, and. Uh, so it's like dominoes, kind of. One domino goes down, the rest go falling. Yeah, and you know what I'm thinking also is whatever they're getting out of it. It looks like when I when I looked at the offers from the from the streamers and studios, these are massive offers, way bigger uh, salaries and lifting up of percentages and lifting up on, on salaries as ever offered before from the studios ever. So now if they take it, it will already now have a negative impact on how many films and productions getting shot in the future. You know, there will be uh, uh, 
there will be definitely um, way less filmed uh, in the future as now. And uh, that means overall people will, will uh, lose jobs. The film industry overall will lose jobs because I would say 25 to 30 percent less production in the future. So you're saying the film industry is going to shrink because of this? Totally, totally. It will it will shrink, and more people will never have a job, or more small actors will never get a supporting role or whatever because they will basically cut one third of the production away. That is the price you pay if you want more money for everything. You know, the price is always. I mean, think about an, an, an entrepreneur or a factory or whatever. The, in the very end, the price is, gets always paid by the customer. And you see, Netflix already raised the pricing. Now, so what, what will happen ultimately is everything, what does the actors getting more or the writers getting more, will get taken out of the pocket of the people, of the mm-hmm. viewers, of the, of the users, right? They will pay all of this, not Ted Sarandos. He will just get his 40 million a year and call it a day. And he will just raise the prices. And for a lot of the the streamers, raising the prices will be uh, necessary, but then they're getting canceled. And a few of the streamers will maybe completely go down the drain based on. Yeah, because who the fuck would pay $25 a month for Netflix, you know? Yes, you know, and uh, that is the thing. But Netflix, I think, will maybe maybe uh, stay, you know, but others will not. Others will go totally down the drain. Well, I already read that Disney was considering selling their streaming uh, rights because Disney Plus has been losing the money for quite some time now. Yes. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Uh, uh, yeah, you know. And I know HBO Max, Max is still not at a profit. They're going to try and do that because they have such a huge library. But I mean, uh, a lot of these people make their money by licensing out movies to other streamers like Amazon or, you know, uh, like Netflix. They'll they'll license out the, the Warner Brothers catalog and they make more money doing that than they do on HBO Max. Yes. And look, uh uh, Skydance, all their uh, um, animation films are not getting theatrical releases anymore than normally with Paramount. Uh, so they are basically now uh, getting directly to Netflix. That sucks. See, I feel like when a movie premieres to Netflix, it loses like cultural longevity. Like it loses... Uh, like it doesn't feel like a real film when it skips theatrical and it also um, goes out of the like people think about a movie for a long time when it comes out over oh yeah I remember when Lost in Space came out in 97 blah 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 even the worst movies people remember them with more of like a legitimacy because they were theatrical but now if everything hits direct to TV they're going to talk about it for two weeks and then they'll forget about it completely. You know, it won't have any impact down the line. Totally. And uh, now, yeah, so we will see how that all 
moves forward. It definitely will not move forward positive for independent filmmakers like myself, because all that actors, all name actors, besides them talking, will not do independent films with smaller pay after six, seven, eight months not working. They will all jump into major productions and into big streaming originals where they're getting paid shitloads of money. And yeah. the smaller independent films will dissolve more and more and more because of uh, no cast, no sales, no investors. And so you slowly go completely down the drain. You know, that is the, well, that is the reality. I mean, did you see what Martin Scorsese said this week? Did you see that article that was posted in the AV Club? No, what was this? Well, some it was the AV Club was trying to say that Martin Scorsese said that Marvel films were once again um, diluting real cinema and getting people addicted to like sort of like um, pop culture current trends as opposed to like timeless theatrical themes and that Marvel films were bad for cinema. So AV Club, for some reason, wrote a piece like hitting Martin Scorsese, calling um, his movies boring and overbloated and and sexist, and like all this other crazy shit. But he's right. He's totally right. Uh, 100% Martin Scorsese is right. Because it's sort of like people... People who love Marvel movies right now are only seeing cinema for like the moment. There's, that's not a timeless thing. Yeah, it's like a trend. You'll forget about it very soon. You, you know uh, these Marvel films. Wow, that was great. All it is is boom explosions. You know, I had a good you know time eating my popcorn, but it doesn't make you think. Like a movie that transcends boundaries, that transcends generations. Uh, that that brings up uh, things that we can relate to that aren't so fantastical, that bring us down to earth, that make us feel emotion and trigger thoughts within our own lives as we self-reflect. That's what I get from Martin Scorsese's films or from real films in general. That's that that'll last fifty years, a hundred years, two hundred years, even like the movies that you make, Uva Ball will last a long time because they make people think and that's the difference people now are so short-sighted they're so add they just want like this instant gratification that anything that makes them think makes them feel uncomfortable and then they have to attack it as if it's uh threatening their poor marvel movies existence when it's really the other way around like real films like yours are struggling to get made and it seems like every 10 years, the, the fucking industry keeps shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Like when Blockbuster went away, it shrunk for a lot of people. A lot of people couldn't get their stuff made anymore. Even if it was direct-to-video stuff, it was, it was a huge chunk of the market taken away. And now it's happening again and again and again. So people like you with a real voice, um, pretty soon, the only thing that's going to be left is mindless filler, garbage, nonsense, explosion. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, the, the thing is, I'm very happy when from time to time comes something like, for example, did you watch Reptile? No. 
So Reptile with Benicio del Toro on Netflix, for example, was a good, uh, a good thriller, right? And I mean, to watch something like this was already uh, positive, you know, like to do, oh, there is finally a film that is something. You know that is that is okay in a way, and uh, it has some substance. Okay, yeah, you know, has some has some uh, substance, and and I think that uh, yeah, it makes me feel happy that oh, not everything is total crap. What what is what is happening here, right? So and uh, but you're totally right, and I have a good uh, 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 yeah, uh, in a way, uh, thing with it. Uh, wait one second, I have to find it so the al jazeera the biggest like african arab uh, network of uh, news right they wrote something about the hamas and israel and in the article they say that they have tunnels similar to what the german director uwe ball showed about the vietnam tunnels in uh, um, about um uh, in his film Tunnel Rats. Oh, they talk about your film. That's yes. crazy. Yes, that is actually. I was a, a guy to send it to me. I have it here. I want to put it on on uh, Instagram, but I have to make it smaller. I can Twitter it only? I hate Instagram. It's like you you want to put something on Instagram, and it totally the size is out of control, and you cannot really. Uh... Well, you know something great about your films is that they reflect a lot of them that aren't the video game films. I have to be clear about that reflect things that are happening in our world. And even though people don't, people tend, they tend to be ahead of their time. Rampage was way ahead of its time. And now people like the school shootings and all the shootings are a regular thing. I think that people can go back to that film and it can make them reflect on their own life and what's happening in, in reality. Uh, the tunnel rats it, it, it only was a matter of time before somebody brought that up again because these films have timeless themes and i think it's great you know yes that's what i mean you know they and i think because they were done not only properly but with subjects they were worldwide important subjects so they stay you know like auschwitz uh, stoic uh, tunnel rats Southern Wall Street, the 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 four, homeroom, 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 right? So they were historically uh, important subjects, and I made films about this. And not a lot of people can say this. Not a lot of people actually do this. Most of the people, the films, are poor entertaining. And most of the art house films, where all that actors always jumping in you know, eager to play in all this Wes Anderson films or whatever, they are basically meaningless. They are like films where where they have no impact or even uh, mirroring or, or commentary to the real world what's going on. And and that is the thing. I think I'm a very concrete filmmaker, like maybe even way more as everybody else. Uh, like I don't sugarcoat it around. I make films about the real shit. Yes. Like 
really happened and or what is really to happen and stuff like this. And I, I'm at least when I, when I see something like in Al Jazeera, something like this, I feel that it's very positive, you know, positive that these films were not completely senselessly made and nobody paid any attention to them. But the, it looks for me like the, the let's say this way, the press didn't pay any attention to it, but the people, yes. And this, this you find only out by poor accident, like articles like this, or you find out when, as an example, the, the editor from uh, First Shift, Ethan Manikis, a guy, I had no clue who it was, and I met him by accident, uh, and he said, I love, love Postal. And then it turns out he and Robert Rodriguez working together for 15 years, and he did Sin City and From Dust to Dawn and everything, and they both loved Postal. But they never twittered about it. You know, that, nothing, that is the thing, like, nobody ever, in a way, helped me changing the total miscalculation or misjudgment of overball and yeah. that you know that that is that is the, it's sad in a way that nobody really with with a weight stepped up and said no dear reviewers shut the fuck up and watch this five six films from that guy and then tell me what as a director did something like this you know, tell, like whatever, you know, The Sin Red Line from Terrence Malick was a great film. So he did one Vietnam, anti-Vietnam war movie or whatever. But what else he did? What else Terrence Malick ever did what had a meaning or a real political power behind it or an emotional power like Darfur or a southern Wall Street where you watch these films and you get emotionally completely dragged into it? Who, what Terrence Malick did in comparison to five or six of my films? And where is Terrence Malick? He can call up Ben Affleck and he would say, oh, of course I mean. Yeah. You know, and, and I get Michael Paré, like really hardly said, you know, and that is bullshit. And completely absurd. And for this, I would have, like, I would need it. Some of the people, they are 100% sure watched my films, even by accident. You know, like, I mean, they're all on the streamers and maybe whatever. Like, The Rock watched Rampage because it was the same title like his film and felt like, holy shitting fuck, that is a real film, right? But he never wrote about it. He never twittered about it, and but that's exactly what I need. That I, I was never in the club where they all support each other like crazy. Yeah, you know, and that is pissing me off because uh, it get, it's hard for me to make films, right? It's it's not easy, and so it's the thing. It's like I would need that support from people. They can change the public opinion because for me, it looks like the journalists will definitely not change their public opinion. Yeah, and a lot of people have very, you know, long memories. Like, a lot of people uh, judge you for the video game films, and it's been, like, 20 years or something. It's been a long time. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's, it's, like, laughable and totally, like, overlooking this. It's, it's just, like, unacceptable, you know? So, but, okay, Israel. So, uh, here yeah, we go. Yeah. So, what would you say? Where are we right now? Against Gaza. I think that everything is really fucked up. I think that, you know, Jordan and... Uh, yeah, he, he never get elected. So what, what's happening now? Like nothing or what? 
Well, Jordan and Egypt both don't want to. Um... I mean, Jordan. I saw the, the guy from the Congress. No, he failed also. Like he never. Uh, oh, you mean Jim Jordan? Egypt. Yeah, Jim Jordan did not uh, get reelected twice. He's going for a third one. Okay. But I don't think that they're going to be stupid enough to uh, to elect him. But back to Egypt yeah. and and Jordan, the country, they don't want to take any of the um, refugees. of the of the refugees. And I understand because there's a long history of uh, when the, they have been displaced and Egypt has taken them in. They've stayed there for generations, and uh, Egypt feels that they don't want. Um, uh, history to repeat itself, but they also have a peace treaty with um, Israel, so they kind of uh, have to wait. They, their Israel calls the shots here. I I know that there's humanitarian aid that's on its way in, but nobody's ever said when it will reach there. So I think it's kind of a fucked situation right now. Uh, that thing with the rocket, I don't I don't believe that it was Israel. And Biden doesn't either. But the narrative on the Internet is that Israel attacked the hospital. But what do you think? Do you think it was them? So there are like I read like or looked a lot of different. You you saw the video, right? Where it looks like a racket flies through the air and falls into pieces and then goes down and there were explosions. And uh, the racket video shows like basically a racket what is out of control, like a rocket, right? So you, you, uh, you, you it flies around and then it's like, you know, like a, a New Year's or Halloween thing flying around in the air without knowing where to fly. And then it half falls apart and then explodes on the ground. That is the video what is out there. And I don't see on that video the hospital. I don't see on it because it's far away. It can be any video from any rocket, uh, you know, from Ukraine flying through the air and explodes on the ground. So is that video actually the thing what triggered the explosion at the hospital or not? There were voices that they said the Hamas had rocket like rocket launchers directly on the side of the hospital. That is the reason the Israelis bombarded it uh because they do that all the time right they do that the isis did that too like where they where you do your headquarter under a kindergarten hmm. you know so then you you use basically your own population as uh shields so um so you think that that hamas was hiding out in the hospital yeah they said that already that they were like uh, they're using this kind of public things where they think they're not getting bombarded there. Uh, makes sense. As a terrorist group, you know, it makes sense. So, and, uh, so I don't know wh who it was, whatever, but it doesn't matter who was it in the very, very end. There are four or 500 dead, more innocent dead people. And, but it all comes back in the very, very end. I think also in the Bill Mayer show, he said that uh, also this way, is who started it? They came over and killed 1,400 people. Like innocent civilists, all of them innocent civilists, basically. Uh, you know, like party goers, women, men, retired people, kids. Got yeah, they ripped people out of their cars and set them on fire. Yes, they got ma massacred, right? So, and it was always in the whole history of Israel and, and, and Palestine. 
it was always the same shit over and over and over. You know, it was like guy blows himself up in the inner city in the bus, records flying in, whatever. And then the retaliation comes from Israel uh, in a big way. And in the past, like 30 years ago, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, I would say a lot of the retaliations from Israel were totally out of proportions. You know, like when you when a guy killed six people in an Amok run in Tel Aviv, I mean, it's not a reason to flatten three like houses somewhere. Yeah. You know, so that is the thing. It's like, of course, they go over the top, but they're also protecting their lives in a way. They know if they show weakness, they're getting killed. And uh, there are too many. countries around them they want to get rid of them so it's not that you're somewhere um you know where where you can feel overall safe they can't they cannot feel overall safe because the people are like anti-jewish anti-israel in general all that arabs all the muslims a few people they keep it for themselves a lot of people just are totally outspoken and uh, so, but now they were put into that Gaza Strip, two million people, basically on a very small territory. It's the kind of like the only land they got and Israel controlled that strip. So now Israel pushing them out without anywhere to go. And there are, from the two million, are one million children. So the, the thing is, what is now proportional you know like you cannot have a million kids dying in the desert because absolutely nothing happens for them the gaza strip was already a refugee camp you know and then if you get out of the gaza strip and you're at the border to egypt uh and they don't let you in so where's your next camp if it's not going back where you came from you know, so I mean that is the thing. You cannot have, you cannot have a refugee camp in a refugee camp. And I know one thing: like if Germany uh, takes that refugees in, we will have uh, a regime change in Germany to the right wing, a hundred percent. In Germany, the people are right now completely fed up. We we getting already most of the refugees from everywhere. And since now, like the Jordanians, the Lebanese that were in Berlin on the, on the streets, everywhere in Germany, were massive demonstrations from Muslims against Israel. Massive, like unsafe for Jews in Berlin. That is what it is now. It's unsafe. Wow. No, they're getting attacked and whatever from all that Arabs, not from Nazis, from Arabs. And so they are scared. I mean, I have good friends in Berlin, they're Jewish, right? And they said, you cannot, if you have like a uh, something on what looks like Jewish, uh, you're toast. So, and uh, that is the thing. It's like, they are not like the, uh, they have police in front of every, uh, um, now, what is the, uh, not the church, what, what, where are they going to? Synagogue. The every, mosque or whatever, yeah. The synagogue from the Jewish people, right? So they're oh, all... Oh, yeah, okay, the Jewish people, okay. Yes, yeah, so they're all under police uh, protection now. And if we... And they were on the road, like, whatever, kill all the Jews. They were, like, demonstrating this, like, they're demonstrating this. So if we take another 100,000... I mean, whoever we take in from Gaza will be anti-Jewish. 
I mean, that is 100%. You know, they just got like the ass kicked from Israel and they would be not pro-Jewish. And I think uh, we, from our kind of lifestyle and everything, we're way closer to Jewish people and uh, Christians are Jewish uh, basically from the lifestyle, from the scientific uh, history and everything. We are, we are very, um, yeah, westernized, right? All of us. And um, we cannot afford to let more of the Muslims in, period. We cannot afford it. Otherwise, there will be people coming in charge in Germany. They will basically close the borders. You know, and yeah. Then, yeah. So, and that is the thing. But if you don't want the right wing parties taking over Germany, you need to stop that mass migration from the Middle East, like right now. And our government, besides talking, are actually not doing anything to stop the migration. They're only talking about it and they're covering up that they, for whatever reason, um, think they cannot stop it. They shouldn't stop it. Uh, yeah, and we, we're running in a in a very in a very bad position. So, but back to Israel, I think what they have to do is they have to go through house by house. They have to do a land invasion. They have to try to get the, the hostages back. They have to try to get the the uh, uh, Hamas terrorists out. And I mean, in this way, the Israeli army are not like our people. We you know, so they're just like. Why incarcerating them if you can shoot them? And I'm pro shooting all the Hamas people. I think it's the best way to get rid of them, to kill them, uh, because they are completely have no empathy, have no moral, and uh, are just They have a dehumanization of other lives behind them already, and they don't see their victims as humans. So. And what's uh, fucked up, though, is that Hamas was elected by the people into like uh, parts of uh, like their public servants. So Hamas is pretty deeply rooted in the culture. The people wanted it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that I think uh, is, is this OK? Like, I mean, it cannot be OK. You know? Oh, it's not OK. Yeah. It's not OK at all. But I think it's bizarre and it's it's like like we're talking about the people like they're innocents when in reality they are all about Hamas. They they voted them into freaking positions of power and to strip them to get Hamas out now is gonna take extreme like uh cunning and willpower because I don't it's not like a normal terrorist sect. It's sort of like they were a cornerstone of that society. They were a part of public life. Yeah. Yes. And they were not like, that is the other thing. Uh, for example, John Cusack, the actor, is on Twitter extremely active posting about more pro-Palestinians, as the poor people in Gaza. Ooh. It's all, all out of pro uh, proportions. And as much I feel for John Cusack, I even commented on one of his Twitter things, um, you cannot like just forget who started it, you know, and say it doesn't matter who started it and killed 1,400 uh, innocent civilists in a massacre. 
and shot over 3,000 rackets into Israel that they're then surprised when they're coming for you. So, you know, you cannot be really saying, okay, but now they're coming and now they're disproportional uh, reacting to it. No, they don't because they didn't found the murderers. They didn't did anything. They killed now three, 4,000 people from 2 million. Yeah, of course, with bombs, whatever. And maybe there were only half were innocent and half were, were uh, Hamas people. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe they killed only 10 Hamas people and, and the rest were innocent people. I don't know. But the reality is, what should Israel actually do? They're all hiding in, in, in the middle, in huts, in basements, under whatever car factories, under uh, not factories, uh, car repair shops, under, under hospitals, under schools. So you need to go and get them. Or you call it a day and you say, yeah, you all stayed there. We killed now 3,000 of you. You killed 1,400 from us. We call it a day and the hostages are all dead. Good boy. So what, I mean, what is, with a, with a logical thinking brain, how can you uh, not do what Israel is doing now? That is the yeah. problem, right? That is the problem. I mean, Israel has a real problem that these people hiding under the people and the other people are not raiding on them. They're not like the fucking Hamas assholes destroying our life because that is what the Palestinians and people should say. They should say the fucking Hamas people and Hezbollah people, all that people ruining our chance of a new life, of a new, of a good life. They're ruining it. And, and, uh, they, uh, and we have to get rid of them. You know, that, but are they doing it? No, it looks like they're in a way they're all crying and crying. If the next bomb kills their half of their family, then we always, I mean, since 40 years, I've watched these pictures. You know, you have the widow, they have on, they're all screaming and yelling at the funeral and everybody flips out. That is over and over and over the same shit. But why they're covering it also up for all that years? Why they're not like, you know, saying like, no, fuck that shit. No, we don't want that anymore. Because I, I know a hundred percent, yeah, that the Israelis and the Jews are not, let's say, don't let them have a job and a life and a normal life if they behave like this. But if you think the whole time, if we let them in our bus, he blows whatever, some guy will blow up the bus, then you're very skeptical about people. Yeah. You know, then, then you're scared about people. Then you think like, why are we going at security risk, whatever. But it has to come from the inside. The people need to get rid of from the inside uh, of the of the evil, basically. You know, the inside has to get it has to get cleaned out. Look at Hitler. Hitler got cleaned out from the outside. Germany tried, a few people tried to kill him, but overall Germany believed in Hitler and the German population went to war and everybody thought Hitler is the leader and Hitler will win everything. And in the very end, uh, they got it, like, they, they killed 25 million people and then 8 million people from Germany got killed and then Hitler got killed and boom, uh, a new beginning. You know, I mean, that is the, the, a very bad, of course, very bad, bad history. But Germany didn't clean themselves out from uh, from alone. They could kill Hitler after he started the war in Russia, additional to the war he was already fighting every, against everybody else, basically. Uh, you know, the, why he didn't get, get uh, um, cleaned or why he didn't get killed from Stauffenberg or different Stauffenbergs, even other Stauffenbergs could kill Hitler, turn it all around and would never uh, escalate the war. 
you know, but it, it didn't happen. So Hitler had to get defeated. Now think about Hamas and all that terror, you know, like what do you want to do? Like they, it looks like they don't bring the Hamas people to the outside and say to Israel, here are the houses from the Hamas people. Now bomb that houses and they're all there. Is that happening? No. You know, it's like yeah. the same discussions we had about the Ukraine war and Putin the whole time. You know, it's, it's this kind of like, uh, if Russia wants to change, they will get rid of Putin. And as long that doesn't happen, uh, and only there are people dying, other people who are against Putin, they're dying and not Putin. Uh, you have to assume that the Russian population is still behind Putin and uh, or scared of him. And that's the reason they are just in shock and st scared. So they will not react or do anything to remove or kill Putin. That is how it looks like right now. So, and that is the thing. And then there is a lot of history. You can only see backwards, right? In 10 years, we know how the Ukraine war ended. Or we know what, the, what happened in Israel there in 10 years from now. And we know better what happened right now. But right now, I don't see a lot of chances for Israel. If they want the hostage back, uh, they have to keep the pressure on. They, if they want to find the killers and all of the killers or omit Hamas, like eradicate Hamas, they have no choice as to do what they're doing right now. They have to get into Gaza and check out the houses. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, shit. It's like when you when you when you think about the world we're living in, you, me, whatever, right? For me, it's it's unthinkable to be personally in a war. It's completely like we should never in today's time have any kind of war where actually tanks shooting other tanks and it goes back and forth and the shit is going on. It's so absurd. I mean, where are humans? Like, where's our intellectual uh, capacity that this shit is still happening? It's totally absurd. It's really totally absurd that, that it's still like a, uh, an ongoing thing that countries fighting other countries. And it's like everywhere. It's like uh, in the last few years, it got worse and worse on the planet. Ridiculous. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy shit going on. Yeah, Mali, Yemen, uh, you know, it's still in, even if nobody reports it anymore, in Africa alone are like five, six, seven things happening at the same time. And then you have the whole Israel thing, and then you have the Ukraine thing, and... Uh, you know, it's it's just like uh, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's stop it for today. But I feel right. important to discuss that few things because uh, it's not I'm not so happy about how everything is here is developing. I think it's shit. But yeah. I think we've got a great episode here. I hope that everybody shares it on social media. Please post it everywhere you've got uh, because we need to grow as a show. If you support hard-edged, real-world content like this, just help us grow. We're not asking for money. Just share us. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week on Uva Ball Raw USA with me, Gary Otto, and Dr. Uva Ball. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye.